Hey, Last Looks crew, or should I say g'day? Now let's head down under to a place named Odd Studios. Step into a world where dreams become reality, where artistry meets technology, and where two young visionaries dared to defy the limits of their craft. Now, special effects makeup artists Adam Johansson and Damien Martin relentlessly push the boundaries of their craft as they navigate the challenges of creating realistic characters in their pursuit to full audiences. In this episode, Adam and Damien will share their expertise and insights on how to achieve an elevated level of creativity and innovation in special effects makeup. We chat about the thrilling world of film creation and their first-hand accounts on Alien Covenant and Star Wars, both iconic films of our time, touching on the unique challenges and rewards each project posed. Working with esteemed directors such as Ridley Scott, they have helped create memorable cinematic creatures like the Xenomorph. These experiences underline that maintaining the highest standards and continuous learning can lead to opportunities to work on impactful, iconic films that inspire and entertain generations of audiences. And I was lucky enough to meet and work with these guys briefly on the last installment of Pirates of the Caribbean, shot on the Gold Coast of Australia a few years back. And in that time, I saw firsthand the art and detail they put into their work and how well they come onto a project and collaborate with all involved. So if you didn't catch this episode the first time I dropped it, I hope you enjoy it this time around. And I wanted to take a moment to send out some love to all my Last Looks crew that have shown their amazing support and clicked on that buy me a coffee link. It means the world to me and it has already been a great help. At this stage, the donations are going towards boring technical stuff like helping to pay for the subscriptions for the recording and editing programs I use. So your coffee purchases are literally paying to help the podcast be made. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're hearing this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, (laughs) check out the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. It's just a fun way you can help support this little beast of a podcast and keep it running for episodes to come. My name is Jamie Lee and this is The Last Looks Podcast, a show where we catch up with makeup artists and hairstylists working in the film and television industries around the world. And today... On this rerun episode, we are joined by Adam and Damien from Odd Studios. Okay, on with the show. And now, a word from our sponsor. Parish Effects is a full-service effects lab and prop shop in New Orleans, Louisiana. Parish Effects specializes in fabricating custom props and practical effects that will take your production to the next level. Parish Effects works closely with you to ensure every detail is perfect, and their professional effects artists are available to work on set when needed. Parish Effects is your one-stop effects shop for makeup prosthetics, props, fabrication, and in-person special effects makeup classes. Parish Effects. Elevate your production today. Visit ParishEffects.com. And now, our feature presentation. Picture up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. 
Welcome to the Last Looks podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for inviting us. You're welcome. Hey, so you guys are located in Sydney, Australia, and you have the prosthetics and creature effects company, Odd Studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's start with how you guys met and started working together. Damien, let's start with you. We, we met back in 1998 on a television series called Farscape, which was a Henson production that was shot at Fox Studios. All the pre-production was done at um, done in the UK at Henson's and then they set up shop over here. So it was a UK crew came out and Adam and I were the first two Australians employed in the creature shop. So yeah, we met over 22 years ago now. So that was just in the, that was in the creature shop. So did you guys um, make it onto set at all? Uh, no, it did make it onto set. I would do a lot of applying makeups in the morning and then going, you know, making sure everything was all right. And then my assistant would go on set and look after the character. And then I'd go back to the workshop to do running of the next, you know, new appliances or pre-paints or um, yeah, any number of getting oh, nice. the next round of creatures and characters ready along with it. You know, there were about 20 of us so it's quite a big crew mm. that's nice having that variety it was it was and it was such a hungry beast that we really we, we made so much <laughs> yeah over the course of that um four seasons you sure did four seasons but 22 episodes a season oh yeah like it used to be it's never like yeah. that anymore it's like eight <laughs> to 14 or something crazy like that it's like no mm. i want more yeah mm. it was a season a season was nine months of the year so it was um a huge chunk of work for us and then how did odd students come about? Well, it was sort of, uh, there was a whole few years there during those Farscape years was, um, you know, like I said, nine months of the year was Farscape and then uh, a couple of months in between that was projects like Matrix and Star Wars films that we would sort of jump from from Farscape to, to those films and we were just always working on the same projects and we worked really well together. I was running the mold department so I was a more workshop based I guess and then I'd go on set occasionally with um, different characters and things. Yeah, we just worked really well all together it was at the end of revenge of the sith actually star wars that um well you know damien and i have had the same sort of upbringing in terms of the effects and we always knew that we you know would love to have our own company mm-hmm. and really love running projects ourselves we ran different departments so we'd, we'd sort of discussed possibly forming a company at some point and it just seemed like that was a good time to do it you know end of end of star wars five of us got together and created Odd originally, it was just odd, and then, um, yeah, the five became three, and then mm-hmm. three became two. Yeah, I'm sure that's a little easier to manage, is it? It, it is, yes, <laughs> five was way too top heavy. So, with some of those films that you just mentioned, like the Matrix films and the Star Wars ones, what, what were you guys responsible for? within those films the the star wars films were i was a bit bit of both creature shop and costume props i was in costume props for the star wars films so i was uh mm-hmm. you know the last one was working on the darth vader suit and all the all the armor the wookie armor and, and everything the attack of the clones was again costume props so um more costumes actually than, than creatures. Is that both of you? Or? Well, no, I was in the creature shop on episode two and three, but on okay. both of those I left early. On uh, on episode two I had a, a round-the-world trip booked um, before I landed that job. I'm sorry, bailing on Star Wars? Bailing on Oh, no, don't. It gets, it gets better. <laughs> it, gets, it gets better. I did it twice. <laughs> um, Madness. <laughs> on the third film, I got um, asked, to, asked to work on a, a film which nobody's heard of called Man-Thing and supervise the creature suit. Build on that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it was just a sort of smaller crew, I suppose, yeah. with more responsibility for me. So I, I left that, yeah. And I, so I finished up on Man Thing at the same time. Those guys, uh, Adam and our other friends, finished up on um, Star Wars. Okay. And what about the Matrix films? The Matrix films uh, was sort of um, set deck for me, so the huge statues and things we were producing. It wasn't on Matrix for a a huge point. No. Yeah, that was was the second and third films, not the first one. I went in and did a couple of makeup effect gags, you know, like getting maced in the head and and then did a lot of work fitting all the – fitting and and supervising the finishing of the um, Agent Smith masks for the big Agent Smith battle fight scene with all the, the multiple agents, Smiths in there. That's how they were doing it. Okay. Yeah, it was a combination. They had dummy dummy heads, mm-hmm. so one row of dummy heads and then a row of actual people with Agent Smith masks behind them and they were sort of operating the head turns on the dummy heads. And that's just creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so now – Odd Studio has been involved in some pretty amazing projects. What were the ones that you've been like kids in a candy store working on that you're just like, I cannot believe we are doing this right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a, there's a few. There's a few. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've been very blessed actually. But Well, Star, Star Wars The Revenge of the Sith for me was a huge one because I was just a Sort of one of the films I got into, Creatures, was the original Star Wars. So creating the Darth Vader suit was a massive. And, you know, George Lucas, Star Wars, Darth Vader, I didn't think that that could ever be topped. And that was still certainly up there. I'm very, very lucky to have been involved with that. There was only five people that um, got their names engraved on the inside of his helmet. And I was one of them. So it's pretty nerdy, but um, it was a great, you know, as a child, like I said, I was absolutely obsessed. So for me, it was. Star Wars, um, but you know, Mad Max, uh, you know, yeah. and and also Alien Covenant with Ridley Scott and being creature yeah. creature effects supervisor on an Alien film for Ridley Scott is, uh, I don't, I yeah, it was amazing, it was really really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Alien was one of those films that also got me into it. So Star Wars and Alien, um, yeah, pretty huge. So, so you've like you've done it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> retirement time. <Yeah. laughs> retirement, yeah. So yeah. on Alien Covenant, what were you guys responsible for doing in that? Like, what I, I understand, there's just so many elements going on with that. Yes, that, that was a huge one, and that was yeah. sort of one of my yeah. favorite projects because of the diversity of work as well. Uh, you know, there are some some great projects that we've we've been involved with um, that are predominantly prosthetics. Like I mentioned before, some costume work, some some prop work. Occasionally, but uh, Alien Covenant was a great mix of all you know prosthetics, creature effects, puppets, all practical sort of old school stuff. Yeah, set, creature based set pieces. And, yeah. Mm. yeah, so it was. Uh, she mentioned so it was Connor O'Sullivan's company, Creatures Inc. came over from the UK, and I sort of met up with with Connor before the, the film sort of happened here. And then I sort of he was sort of super supervising, I was supervising, and we sort of brought Odd Studio and Creatures Inc. together. So it was a combined company venture. And it was really lovely, actually. Um, it had a great time working with those guys and met some, you know, wonderfully talented people um, mm. from the UK. And, yeah, we – at one point, I think we were about 45 people in, in the creature shop. And, yeah, yeah we had – when I first met with Connor, there wasn't going to be – it was mainly a few puppets here and there and some prosthetic effects – 
But as the project sort of kicked off, uh, Ridley really mm. did want the creatures, people in suits, you know. Uh, so we ended up just very quickly, our workload increased by 200%. <laughs> which is like all of a sudden, what we discussed for months was sort of, you know, that plus all these full creature suits of the Xenomorph and the Neomorph. Uh, and oh, then, wow. yeah, so we had animatronics, creatures, puppets, prosthetics, just you name it, we, we sort of, you know, um, built it on Alien. And, um, yeah, yeah that, that's why it sort of remains probably my favourite um, experience at the moment. But yeah. yeah, so even things that ultimately wound up being CG, there were practical versions of it on set for him to shoot and light and, and for the visual effects people to wow. reference. You just had to get everything ready to be 100% or...? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah we, we really did finish everything to 100%. And, I mean, we had a pretty good indication and a fair idea that a lot of it uh, was going to be replaced by CG. But Ridley really, right. really loved Ridley's style and he, he loves to have things on set and, and he uses the the practical elements to, to work out, you know, how he wants to shoot something. So, I mean, we were certainly kept on our toes. We would have these storyboards and really, really discuss, you know, all, how we're going to shoot something, what we were going to build and get on set and Ridley would sort of flip that and just kind of like change his, change his mind and, and, and I love that as well. You certainly, you know, have to be ready for almost anything. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah, we'd have everything uh, fully built and shot on and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, cool. it, we, it was a crazy pace we worked at though. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was yeah. nine, that project again was, a, I think I was on it for nine months and I was pretty shattered at the end. <laughs> I mean, we all were, but yeah. yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. So with the... Is it animatronics, you said? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys build that? I mean, do you have a background in electronics, like how all that works, or do you have do people specialize in building that? Like, how does that work? We do have people specialize in animatronics, right. and yeah. So, I mean, we all kind of we we like to Damien and I like to cross over and and do everything that we can. But there are certainly yeah. artists that are better at certain things than, than we are, and specialize in certain areas. Um, so for me personally, I was more of a supervisory role. I would get to sculpt. I, I love sculpting and designing and applying makeup. So I, I still had my hands in that, and there was a lot of you know lucky to do to do some of that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, we left the you know the animatronics to to the professionals on on that one. And uh, yeah, we had four, five, five animatronic people at, at one point. Were you both going to set at different times? Were you on set too, Damien? No, I was. So I was in the. I was mostly paint finishing um, mm-hmm. as well as sort of yeah supervising some of the, the workshop goings on also had my first daughter during that time first and only daughter during during the um, pre-production of that so that was added another layer of you were busy yeah <laughs> <laughs> exhausting there um, but for that reason yeah trying to trying to maintain hours and, and support my partner as well so not go- not going on set was quite advantageous for that reason yeah i have a question that it may be a stupid question but with with the with the alien (laughs) with all that stuff that comes out of their mouth did you guys have to do any of that like what is that what did you use uh all the slime you mean like all the yeah you and that's just lots and lots of methicil (laughs) really yeah the slime yeah different tons of it tons of it and different consistencies of it um, yeah, so it was like KY and methicil and, and blood, just kind of like goop. Ridley was, you know, he Ridley loves he to get in it. there himself. So, yeah, he does. He really does love it. And he would get in there and he, you know, would often, I'd be dressing something and he'd come in right next to me and he'd be like, 
you know, calling for yogurt and things like that from catering to, to dressing you know, and pasta and yogurt and, and things, just <laughs> real textures and on, onto the pieces and uh, was always sort of always repeating. Yeah. Well, that's what he did on the original Alien. So he loved, oh, he loved uh, letting cool. us all know that this is what he did on that one, which was really, yeah. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it always, it always is cool when when the boss is getting in there and um, absolutely getting in their hands dirty. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good time. Yes. Um, what was one of your favourite, I guess, rigs or puppets or animatronic creatures that you did on that? What was your standout moment? I think for us, or certainly for myself, the doing doing the xenomorph, which is the the beast, the the alien yeah. of all aliens, uh, the thing that gives people nightmares. Yes, exactly. So being able to <laughs> uh, give Rid- Ridley um, an earlier version of of that creature that we've seen in we've all seen in Alien was was yeah that that was the high point. Just being involved in that such an iconic design, uh, Giga mm. design, that it was like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really know how you top that. So it would definitely be that. But yeah, it, it was that the face hugger. Yeah, all those, all those classic creatures that have that just haven't aged design wise. You know, they're mm-hmm. yeah, timeless in in that sort of sense that they're just as effective as as a scary you know outer space creature today as they yeah they were thirty years ago. Absolutely, mm. and you guys got to build a whole bunch of the uh, um, eggs as well, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, there was a there was a whole set. I mean, there was a couple of the best sets I've been on. I think was the, the egg room and, yeah. in a mm-hmm. fox. We filmed it at fox, so they, they built the egg room and uh, also David's lab, which was a whole bunch of um, uh, crazy AI's, uh, you know, inventions and creatures and failures of failed experiments. And yeah, that's so cool. It was so fun. I, I hear that Fury Road was like you guys were running crazy amounts of everything for that. Yeah, that was pretty hungry. Yeah, there were a lot of appliances <laughs> for that because pretty much, you know, almost everyone had a at least an Morton brand on them. Right. And was it was someone just sculpting their little heart out constantly? Uh, yeah. We did a lot of that here in Sydney before we went. So, yeah, that was... That a lot of that was done in pre, and then there's some more stuff was done while we were over there. Uh, but just the constant, you know, that was a, another job. We would go out in the morning, um, apply, you know, apply the prosthetics in the morning, leave a couple of crew mm-hmm. behind to look after as, as best they could when, you know, the cars just all took off um, and try and patch it up, patch them up when they got back. And then the rest of us would go back to the to a little workshop we'd had set up in what was a childcare centre, <laughs> empty childcare centre. Um <laughs> <laughs> Down by the beach, yeah. We, so we were in there, and we'd just be running, 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 and ready, getting ready for the next day, as well as working on any gags that were coming up. Yeah. Did you move your whole kind of operation over there? You weren't sending anything over from Australia or anything like that. Yeah, Damien went over. I stayed here at Odd, and initially there was a, a couple of pieces that sort of I was working on, and it would go over, but not a lot during the shoot. No. Yeah, there was just that. That's right. There were a few pieces that were still being finished when we went, and then um, yeah, there were four four of us from Australia in the in the prosthetics department, and four. Um, mm-hmm. South African locals. Oh, wow. So were they experienced or were you teaching them? Uh, they were experienced um, to varying degrees. You know, obviously we had Yaku, who was my sort of uh, second right-hand man. He had his own company over in um, Johannesburg. So he was experienced and then had a couple of more junior but still experienced crew. And But then that's sort of the way we we produced the prosthetics was sort of everyone does things their own way to a degree and has their own recipes and approaches and techniques. So sort of really spent 
you know, time here before we went, just streamlining, knowing how hungry it would be, just right, just here's a recipe for everything and this is our process. Right. Just something where you Lots could, of testing here, yeah. Lots of testing, that's right. And hand someone almost a recipe book and say, like, here's step one through 10, do this and, you know, things will turn out right each time and we won't fall behind. That's awesome. I think being able to have that time to actually test those things and set it up is, I mean, it's priceless, yeah, really, isn't it? it? Is. Yes, it really is. And, and you can't plan for everything, but it just means you've ironed out a few yeah. st- things ahead of time. And especially with sort of semi-unknown crew, like, you know, talking ahead of time and you're pretty sure what <laughs> of people's competency and all that, but until you get there and meet people. You never really know until, yeah, you're on the ground. Yeah. So with you guys working in the studio and on set, how do you kind of balance that? Is that difficult or is it just is helped because there's two of you? I definitely think it's it's a help that there, there is two of us. And I mean, even just discussing the, the, those projects, um, you know, we kind of often do take it in turns. One, one of us will take a bit more of a responsibility uh, than the other in terms of, you know, so we can overlap with, the, with, with projects as well. And yeah, I think we both love all aspects. So we do, we do yep. both really do love working in the in the in the workshop and designing and sculpting, create, you know, doing building building things and getting our hands dirty. But seeing it right through and being on set is is great as well. And we really do love that. We have a, we have a fantastic uh, team here, odd family, and and we're very blessed to have have them here and um, on most projects. So we've got got a good workflow. If Damon and I, you know, we're, we're really comfortable and confident that the other guys here can go on set you know and take care of and look after the makeups as well if, if we need to be back here and and some some projects really do require you know you're shooting as you're building so you, you know you it's it's yeah. you, know, you can't be on set and one person can't be on set and also supervising what's happening in the workshop all the time so yeah it's definitely an advantage that there's two of us and that we've got a great team yeah we're very lucky Absolutely. So when you guys are looking for um, artists to work in the shop or come on set with you, all that type of stuff, what are you looking for? Yeah, we're really looking for uh, a a range of things. I mean, obviously, you know, quality of work is great, but personality is a huge one. Um, Mm. Just just someone that can really, um, that's fun to be around and works well in in a team. Uh, And, you know, there are no egos. So it's all people just just chipping in and, and working together is is such a huge quality that that we look for and that that, that passion <laughs> that passion you know just the people that want to that are, that are excited about it and into it really comes across because there's an eagerness to learn and and work together mm. and that often comes comes with less ego as well which is nice yeah when you're doing those kinds of hours i think it's yeah. necessary yeah. isn't it <laughs> that's right that's right yeah i was gonna say that you um yeah for anyone that's sort of starting out and we get so many people coming through here and we take on work experience and, and that's one of the biggies it's like you really have to just be prepared to work crazy hours it really does have to be absolute passion because as you know jamie it's it's sort of not not normal hours <laughs> no so and if you if you didn't like what you were doing it would be, i can't even imagine it would be torturous like it would that's be right horrible. if you're going to spend horrible 16 hours with a group of people <laughs> then you really want to get along and enjoy what you're doing <laughs> yeah absolutely not take yourself too seriously either Got to no. 
That's right. right. (laughs) So when you guys, either when you were coming up or even throughout while you guys have been working, is there one piece of advice that somebody gave you at some point that you were just like, yes, that has really helped me throughout my career? Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like there's been a lot. But I I think probably the first bit of advice I got when I started out, I did work experience at a company that was making animatronic puppets. And then from there went to uh, employment at a company that built animatronic characters for theme park rides. But um, there was a a head puppeteer um, animatronic technician working at the, at the company that where I did work experience. And, you know, I was always into making stuff as Damien was. Even as a kid, you know, I was always sculpting or drawing or just creating things. And I had a bunch of little things to show them. And they were, they were yeah. you know, encouraging. But, it, you know, this, this one guy was like, you know, um, you, you no one's – there's always someone better than you. You know, you're just going to have to, you know, accept that there, there'll always be someone better and you need to use that as, you know, a, um, as inspiration to, to sort of better better yourself. And I remember thinking, I wonder why he's sort of saying that, you know, was it mm. to discourage me or not? But actually, yeah, I couldn't agree more that there's always someone to, to get inspiration from. There's always artists out there that um, are always – inspiring me anyway Mm -hmm. peers and and colleagues and I think I don't know that the piece of advice was sort of or it wasn't really advice it was a statement but I took it as advice to you know yeah what about you Damien yeah I've kind of um I, I don't really have one piece of advice that someone's given me but just the attitude that you should never be limited by not having access to things as an excuse to not be making and creating if you have a drive to do it you'll find a way to do that mm-hmm. um, and yeah that's that excuse oh, I can't do that because I don't have the right product um, you know I was a, a bedroom you know terrible prosthetic <laughs> makeup artist when I was in you know in school you know putting yeah. together a crap crabby little portfolio but with nothing you know there was no access there was some sort of theatrical mm. makeup makeup shops that I found but mm-hmm. so but it never never stopped me from giving it a go and, and if you couldn't get something trying to find what we could substitute to you know what I could substitute to make things with and I think that right across film you know that that being able to improvise and just make things work is, is a really healthy it's been a really healthy tool in my toolkit yeah making something out of nothing <laughs> yeah yeah <And> yeah I, <laughs> that's right i certainly think in australia like being here like in those early farscape days we we really did have to um with all the english guys coming over we had to find a lot of materials and be quite resourceful with things that weren't available here um yeah i think that that really, yeah, we love. We still do that. We're still looking for materials and things from other other industries that, that we could. Um, yeah. Well, we were always tinkering with processes and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. You're always troubleshooting, aren't you? It's That's right. Just- yeah. Yeah. constantly trying to figure out how we're going to make that work. So I was interested in um, you guys did some work on The Invisible Man. Yes, that's right, yeah. It's a tricky one because it's sort of a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> it's a bit of a spoiler, yeah. yeah it's the, a, hang on, the, the film's out. The is film it is out. out. It, it is out. Yeah. It is out, yes. Okay. Um, but, it, I mean, I guess it's tricky because it's sort of out at the cinemas, although you can stream it. So it's sort of, I guess, DVD release, but, yeah. Anyway, if you, if you haven't seen it, maybe tune out now. But uh, if you've seen it, <laughs> if you've seen it, we, we made we made the suit. 
So yeah, the Invisible Man suit is what Odd Studio designed and created the, a couple of versions of those. Um, and yeah, that was a such a, a challenging, <laughs> fantastic, crazy ride with, with Lee Wannell, the director. We, we love working with Lee. It was so fun. His take on it was um, really unique and I really enjoyed the film. But mm. um I don't know if you've seen it, Jamie, but... Um, I haven't. So I was about to ask. So those who haven't seen it but would like to know what you are talking about, what mm. do you mean the suit? <laughs> he... He achieved the, the, the invisibility. I'm I don't know where it's kind of I'm like, like did you make someone invisible? Because this is yes. freaking me out. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. And you can buy that now on Amazon. <laughs> but yeah, in the film, he achieves his invisibility via a, a suit, okay. uh, which is multiple cameras and sort of based on military tech. So it was a whole suit that covers every inch of your body with little mini cameras that sort of are recording and projecting. Terrifying. So, so the, the one the one that we built is not functional. <laughs> no, but where does this idea come from? Is this an actual thing that uh, someone has yeah, been it is, trying yeah. to make it's, or has made? It's, been, it's yes. been studied, yeah. It's that someone, people have tried to do it, so you're basically projecting what's behind you onto the front of you. Um, Filming from behind and sort of projecting for, yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, so it looks like you, well, you can't see because you're looking straight through something. Um, And so we did build, yeah, we did Mm. build the the suits and then, of course, uh, visual effects um, did a fantastic job on uh, sort of tweaking that and glitching the suit out. So there's lots of scenes where it's sort of half working, half not, sort of coming coming to. And then, you know, the lenses are all sort of, you know, the irises of the lenses are all working and things that was all done, you know, visual effects. But the um, the challenge for us us was, was making a suit that was tiled in little hexagons. And mm. you can imagine, yeah, um, we're talking f- – over around the fingers, uh, over the full head, it's a hooded, like, you know, hands, feet, everything was, was covered in these. So trying to tie, and, and the so thing we. Super comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. They were rubber. Yeah. But I mean, I was um, the guy sort of modeled the suit. Uh, I, I was in the fitting here so we could work on it. And so I got in the suit mm-hmm. quite a few times. I was quite similar, similar size and shape to the stunt guy that was wearing it. So, um, yeah, it was, it was warm. It was pretty claustrophobic. But, it, you know, it was just. I mean, those suit, suit, creature suits cool. and things are, yeah. But it does, it does look pretty cool. When we were first, we were originally doing the designs on it. We tried a bunch of different looks and different scale of, of lenses and things. And uh, Lee was really keen to have them all the same size, actually, which we knew straight right. from the get go was going to be the yeah. challenge. It's like, oh, he's picked a hard one, but it, it. Definitely was the way to go. It definitely was yeah. the. Oh, it's really creepy, actually. And so, what we came up with, I think, was pretty cool because when you're looking at it in in real life, it's sort of they're hard shapes that we 3D modeled and, and printed and tiled and then produced soft silicon versions of that. And they, it's sort of lo- looking at a hard, soft thing. So it was all these hard shapes, but like moving quite f- fluid, you know, in movement when in, when someone's wearing it. And it was this weird. Yeah, it almost yeah. looked like a real CG effect. Uh, right before your eyes, it was sort of your brain couldn't quite, yeah, yeah. You can pick one focal point, so eyes dance over it as it moves. It's quite interesting. That's awesome. And you guys did little monsters, right, with Lupita and and Josh Gad? Yeah, sure, I did. Was that fun? 
Yeah. That was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was awesome. that your first zombie job? Or I imagine, no, you've no, done no, no, lots of zombies no, before. No. Yeah. That was yeah. the first job first with, film. with Abe. Yeah. First, yeah. First oh, Abe. yes, it was a zombie film. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with, with Abe, yeah. And, um, yeah, I was so much fun. I love working with Abe and, and yeah, made awesome. up stories. Those guys, so great. And it really was genuinely one of the, the funnest, if not the funnest film. Um, we, we all had so much fun with all the kids. And yeah, uh, Abe, Abe was just great. It was sort of really, he came in initially to the, to, you know, the initial meetings and you, you, having a look at the other zombies we'd done and was just like, you know, want you guys to sort of come up with something. Uh, I love, love your work. So it's sort of like, um, I trust you guys to sort of play around with some different looking zombies. I'm trying to, he would like, you know, to, to explore the zombie thing, but trying to do something a little newer, which is really hard in the zombie world because <laughs> everything's been done before. Everyone's had a bite at that apple. But nice yeah. that he had that trust in you guys to be able to kind of hand it over. It was lovely, more. yeah. 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 And and everything we sort of were like, hey, hey what, do about, what do you think about this? And what do you think about the Echidna Man? And what do you think about um, that? And he's like, yeah, love it, do it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. That's what you want to hear. That's Those awesome. Candy star. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So. And just so much blood and guts. It's great. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And kids. And I got I got my two girls in the film. Yeah, yeah. I got my two girls oh, in, the, in the film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, <laughs> yeah, and and a bunch of family friends and, and other kids as well. So yeah, they're in, they're in a movie and. Um, yeah, they they met Lapita and uh, it was a great experience for the kids as well. So yeah, oh awesome! Yeah, I've, um, I know Lapita. I've worked with her. I worked with her the first time I met her was on Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then um, oh. on Us as well on Jordan Peele's Us. Oh yeah, right. So, wow, she's great. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's <laughs> lovely. I wanted to ask throughout like everything that you've done. Um, what would stand out as being the most challenging thing that you've worked on, whether it's an entire job or just one gig, like one one setup? Mm. What would mm. you know that had you almost pulling your hair out that you were just like, oh man, I don't know if this is gonna happen. Oh, I feel like that's been most <laughs> gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point, there's a like, oh, God, I can't so do this. Far out. Yeah, yeah just, totally. Like just point to our credit list and we'll probably be like, yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, um, oh, yeah. That's kind of refreshing to hear and to know because I think oh, so yeah. many people can just be like, oh, no, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't that hard. It was fine. And it's just, I, like, I think Damien and I are like, yeah, if it's not hard, we're not doing it right. We're always pretty yeah. Yeah. to try something yeah. new and then often often we're our own worst enemy like we've got uh, we've got an incredibly high standard I don't think we're ever really happy with what we do so we're always pushing ah oh, it could be better that could be better let's just and, and you almost you know at the end of it, it's like oh man you know you're always striving for something and I think trying to make you know try and come up with something that's that's better than the last time you did it and um mm. so, so there's a pressure on us that we put on ourselves that uh, yeah. makes makes most things hard um mm. even if it's seemingly simple it you know it's like oh okay we can make that better and that's going to be harder to, to apply but you know what that that's going to look better if that piece is a bit soft a bit bigger whatever it might be but i think um personally for me last year there was a couple of projects invisible man being one of them and penguin and bloom mm-hmm. Uh, that we worked on as well, which is a beautiful little um, Aussie story that's that's not out yet, and can't really talk about that. But there is, um, you know, it's based yeah. on a true story with magpie, a magpie um, that uh, helps a, a family um, get through a personal tragedy. And so there was, yeah, bird puppets and things like that, and and 
Oh, just wow. that we had both those projects on at the same time and so equally tricky yeah. uh, uh, for all the reasons I talked about with the, with the suit, you know, just mm-hmm. tiling perfectly, you know, sh- shapes just tiled over a body and, and removing buckles and things from the suit and then also just miniature little animatronic puppets of, of an animal like a bird, which is just perfect. So perfect. It's so <laughs> – birds are the, the hardest thing to make, I think. And um, Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they've just every little tiny feathers, every then wings. Yeah. Wings are just like yeah. insane. And then if you really study Very birds, complex. which we, we did, they are such complex creatures. You know, there's uh, they have so many little movements going on, and they're so perfect. Mm. So many different levels of feathers and fluff, and um, uh, you know, just just a wing, just one wing. You pull out the wing and have all the feathers sort of perfectly, the flight feathers and the feathers behind that. They all slide over the top of each other, and yeah. you know, just trying to recreate nature to the, and on that level is yeah, just, and like prehistoric impossible. nature. Those exactly things have been around yeah, forever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, evolved over millennia. Yeah, I was just thinking, right. like this morning, we were talking about that that um, the Hobbit job uh we did this thing years ago recreating the um uh homo floriensis which is small small other hominid that they found um in indonesia and we Mm -hmm. worked on a a documentary sort of doing a makeup version of what it might have looked like and and so that was difficult but at the same time we decided that it was time to transition to silicon appliances and that (laughs) that learning curve (laughs) not only are we trying to recreate this you know um, this 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 um, creature, but we're going to make it hard for ourselves and transition to a new material and workflow at the same time, and just those sort of leaps that you have to make, you know, in order to innovate and keep up. Yeah. But um, there's that terrifying moment where you don't know if you're going to get to the other side, you know. That's right. <laughs> and it'd be worth mentioning it wasn't uh, just the silicon makeup; it was a full body. Oh, silicon full body. body. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just jump right in. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. both boots. Full tilt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not do it by halves. But I think you kind of, that's that's, it's radical change that that sort of sticks and, and makes you do it. You know, if you don't, yeah, take that that leap, you know, you don't innovate and move ahead. And were you learning off someone at that point in time? Like somebody had already worked doing the silicon and you were getting pointers from them or were you guys just completely? There was sort of multiple workflows around then, I think, from mm. memory. This, yeah. is a, this is a while ago. I think this, this is a long like time ago. 15 years ago yeah. or something. So it's yeah. early, early, early doors in terms of the big silicon stuff. But yeah, I mean... Uh, not, I mean, kind of, but not really. I mean, we sort of tend to just experiment with and play around with things here and try and make it work. And have you got anything else that hasn't come out yet that's in the pipeline for us to look out for? Um, we're, we're currently working on a Netflix series that we can't really chat about. Um, mm-hmm. But that's gonna. That's been something we've been discussing with the production for actually since Alien. We, I remember on Alien we had the first meeting with them. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really exciting. There's a it's a series. It's based on the children's books, and um, it's just a bunch of different. Cre- every episode has a different creature in it, and um, so we're really super excited about that. And we were designing for the second half of last year, and then we got into the pre actually building things in January. So we got a got a bit of a start on it. Oh, sorry, it was more like February, but then um, yeah, then the whole 
COVID thing happens. So yeah. Extraction just came out. Oh yeah. What did you guys do in Extraction? Didn't that that's like the biggest watched film on Netflix currently, isn't it? Lockdown's good for viewing. Um yeah. you just did, we did the pros- <laughs> prosthetics on that. So some bodies and some um stunt bodies and, and prosthetic scars and a couple of wound things. Scars and wounds okay. and dummies. Was it yeah. shot in Australia? Dummies. Yeah. No, it was shot in um, India and Thailand. So how did you guys get involved with that? Mateo Silvi, who does Chris Hemsworth's makeup, uh-huh. made contact when when they oh, did cool. that. We, yeah, some work years ago when he was working with Leslie Vanderwalt on um, uh, one of Baz's which one was it? it? Was the Gatsby? Oh yeah, Gatsby. Yeah, we did some some wounds for them on that, and um, yeah, he just made contact when when uh, when he got it. And so yeah, that's very cool. How often are you guys doing more than one project? At a time, it, it depends. But I mean, well, that that particular that was a, yeah, a couple. It's just come out now, but uh, I guess there is another film that's coming out. We I haven't spoke about. It's, it's it's called Fat Hope. So that that was shot over in Singapore. So we had those okay. sort of projects overlapping. So Emily here and I went over and you know we did the pre here. It's a, it's a fat suit, a huge you know fat makeup fat suit without giving too much away. But it was all shot in Singapore on location, and it was you know you know how hot it is over there. So that was a ma- actually. Actually, come to think of it, that's, I'm going yeah, to put that as as my most challenging film. Um, there How you go. I'm changing my I'm changing my answer. I think I blocked yeah. it out. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen. So, um, yeah, that was like a technical uh, nightmare. I'm really happy and uh, with, with with how. She, she looked at the makeup but it was um yeah so emily and i did that over in in singapore and then colin and um damien were doing extraction which was then called daca uh and so they sort of were overlapping but there was a nice little just enough for emily and i to sort of come back and then they went over at the same time and i guess to answer your question it does happen often in a, in a yeah. good in a good year there'll be we're constantly because we we also we do commercials do a lot of commercials and, and tv shows as well so it's not just film we just like making stuff, so we'll we'll take on anything that's sort of cool. So yeah, I mean we we're very lucky to have a good relationship with lots of production companies, and and they you know come up with some great commercial campaigns. It's just like super fun. I just have to interrupt you and just talk about the sloth situation because when oh, yes. Carla sent me a photo of that, yeah. it, <laughs> I've never been so happy. I don't think. I, <laughs> it's the most well, adorable see. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you haven't seen the campaign. That's a, such a great story. Yeah, have you seen the campaign? It's, I don't think I have. Oh, like the most misguided campaign of all time. It's just terrible. <laughs> like a sloth doesn't have anything to do with what like, they're trying to get across. Or, oh, uh, it was it, it was it was stoner sloth, but like it, <laughs> everyone loves sloths, so you're just not going to put people off pot because of. A sloth. <laughs> it's just too adorable. <laughs> Drug awareness campaign. Yeah. Oh, Australia. Yeah, I, think, I, think someone, I think someone just had a budget they needed to blow. It was um, yeah, it's phenomenal. And then it went viral for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> It was, it was adorable. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was totally adorable. Yeah, and 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 we got Carla in the suit. And she was very very kindly agreed to being the stoner spot. I'm surprised. So, yeah, yeah. She did a great job. So. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's one of those that's one of those 
those times that you know come up with a great sort of creature. Um, actually, yeah. yeah, I'm look. I mean, I'm sitting in our in our studio in in the office showroom bit, and there's a bunch of characters. You know, fuzzles, animatronics, like where the wild things are, kind of Doctor Susie character we did, and just commercials have offered us really great opportunities to come up with some really cool characters um, in in quite tight quite turnarounds. So you get a, you get a few of those overlapping with the films and and tele tele shows we're doing, and yeah. yeah. It's constantly overlapping and that's that's what we like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Once again, it just shows that uh, to have a strong team behind you is just so incredibly important. Oh, absolutely. That's right. Oh, we couldn't do it without our great, great team. Our family, as we like to call them. That's awesome. Um, now, in your jobs, I would like to know if there is one tool or product that you <laughs> just could not work without. Well, I was thinking about this. I'm sure there's many. There are many, but I was thinking of something that we just use all the time is, is Platsil, the Platsil silicon system makes pretty mm-hmm. much all our prosthetics um, yeah. has just become a backbone product and all I yeah. get to do a lot of what we do without that little family of products and it's kind of allowed makeup effects to keep up with you know HD and camera technology and still full audiences I think that that product um, and its availability is, has led that in, in in a way and and sort of enabled more people to, to be able to do it. So out of all the kind of effects, makeups, as far as anything from gore stuff to zombie to aging to creature kind of looks, what do you think is the hardest across the board to kind of nail? Like is it when you see a, an incredible aging makeup, you're just like – mind blown or like what what is yeah yeah so i think it's definitely hands down i think most most artists will tell you the um the realistic character stuff aging or or just you know lookalike makeups uh, or a combination of both uh are the hardest to do and most challenging and most rewarding as well Um, damien and i have always sort of have had a fondness and sort of build a reputation on on some uh older old age makeups and just sort of realistic old age makeups and character makeups yeah because, you know, coming from the sort of Dick Smith days, it's, you know, Rick Baker, that's sort of the holy grail, you know, and a convincing person, a convincing character or aging makeup that can hold up to, you know, someone walking down the street is just, you know, we're, we're all used to looking at each other. You know, so to fool somebody, mm. to not question that that's a real old person or, you know, that's somebody other than they are, you know, not question that is the most challenging thing. It's um, amongst all our makeup effects nerds, I think, you know, all the different shops around the world will, you know, different posts and things and you often get you know lots more likes for a lot more likes for uh, a, a shredded finger or something than you would for a, a, a nose or something that's you know so hard to do but um that's we all enjoy looking at each other's realistic stuff the most yeah well it's the subtlety and like if you don't notice it then yes. that's where the magic lies if yeah. someone's looking at it and they don't know that that person is wearing pieces yeah then that's job, job done. done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A job well done. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, hey, I also wanted to ask you guys, who would you like to hear on the podcast? <laughs> like you to track track down Rob Botin. <laughs> There'll be like a yeah, a whole world of nerds like us that'll be like forever grateful that you are able to track him down and, and get out of him what he's doing <laughs> or what he's been doing. He just retired, sort of got sick of the industry and, um, and retired and uh, word has it he's in real estate now. But, yeah, he was so many, so many artists 
you know, are inspired, still inspired by his work. That, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from him. Oh, God, this sounds like an incredible challenge that I'm going to fail miserably Well, maybe more close to the home would be Katsuhiro Kazu. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. At least I've, I've, we've met, so that's a good, I've yeah. got a good yeah, that's, start yeah, there. That's, <laughs> I'm sure you'll, you'll be easier to stalk. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for chatting, guys. It's been nice. Thank you. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Yeah. yeah, it's been great. Great fun. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, Last Looks crew, thanks for listening. And remember, if you love it, share it. A quick scroll down and you'll find our show notes. Or maybe you'd like to give your support and leave a five-star review. Go on, I know you want to. Search the Last Looks podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok everyone tickles your fancy and a massive shout out to the husband brett stanley without his patience and tech support this whole podcast situation simply does not happen and cheers to liliana rose for her fabulous voice acting talents okay last looks crew that's a wrap for me i don't need to be told twice to get out of here so bye i'll catch you on the flip side that's a wrap people